My name is Thorsten Hoffman. I'm the producer and director of Cryptopia Film, which is a documentary about the entire industry, uh, which is coming out right now. And this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how are you doing this morning? I am doing very well. It's uh, it's a beautiful spring morning here in Canada. Uh, I have a cup of coffee. Uh, I just watched a fantastic film yesterday and I am excited to talk about it. Me too. I am pumped. We have a very special guest, Torsten Hoffman. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, gentlemen, uh, for um, letting me come on your show. And greetings from Germany. Sunny here as well. Oh, what time is it there? <laughs> we, we're bright and early over here. <laughs> uh, it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So, yeah, just had my lunch and things are good. Very good. Very good. That's awesome. So uh, we are excited to chat with you. Obviously, um, Everybody heard in your intro that you are the producer and director of the new movie that's coming out, Cryptopia. Uh, so we are going to chat about the movie. Chamber and I just watched it yesterday. And uh, Chamber, what were your initial thoughts of it? I, I was actually um, very impressed with it. I've seen, I wouldn't say there are too many uh, you know, cryptocurrency films out there. Um, there are a few, but this is definitely what I would say in kind of the definitely the top tier. Uh, it was interesting to see. You definitely have, I would say, all the players, uh, at least of a time, uh, in it. Obviously, I think this was shot, if if memory serves me correct, kind of over the course of a few years. Is that is that correct, Torsten? Yeah, correct. And, and it has some snippets from my first film, which is 2014. Right, right. Yeah. So you definitely got a good... I mean, literally, I think everybody of note is in this. Uh, you talk except you talk, us, except for, I, I, like I said, everybody of note is in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that's awesome. So uh, before we like dive into it really and, and get into it, I, I just want to like get uh, a little bit of your background. So obviously, you just mentioned that this is not. Uh, one, your first film. Two, not your first film about Bitcoin. So you had another uh, film about Bitcoin come out in 2015. Is that correct? That's correct. So my, my Bitcoin story is this. I actually wrote a um, paper on alternative currencies in 2010 um, during my MBA studies. But at that time, I was just looking at paper money, you know, those script monies. And mm -hmm. I had no idea about Bitcoin, didn't even mention it in, in that paper. Um, but when I then found out about Bitcoin 2013, 14, I was immediately kind of clicked for me. And I'm like, oh, I have to tell the whole world about it. And that's why I made, a, made this Bitcoin documentary, Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it, in 2014. And it was released in July 2015. Yeah, correct. Very interesting. So you, uh, so you've been interested in Bitcoin uh, since since around then. But uh, how did you, you know, you said you were doing your MBA. So what were you studying there that kind of even got you thinking in this mindset of what is money and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've, I've always been interested in finance. Uh, you know, played with the stock markets and and um, it just like the um, analytical side of things and building small models and, and stuff like that. And um, uh, that paper, it was just basically self chosen topic by me. Um, that was a class where uh, the professor basically said, "Look, um, whatever you're interested in." So that was my interest at the time. And yeah, look, and then Bitcoin obviously changed changed my world. <laughs> That's sure. very cool. Um, but in 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 many ways, I mean, you know, it sounds smart or I discovered it early but actually maybe not so smart because I wanted to tell the whole world about it I spent a lot of my money um, making that first documentary but I actually didn't buy any Bitcoin I mean like super small amounts just to play with it but you know looking back and I think most people just wished oh I should have just bought and hold you know held, held the whole the coins 
Right, for sure. I mean, I wish I was around in 2014, right, Chamber? <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, and even just the the good advice of just buying and holding is uh, is pretty sound advice as well. So, uh, so I'm where just... did where yeah where did your life cross over then from? Okay, I'm taking an MBA class. I'm writing a paper about money uh, to making films. Yeah, so um, my business that I was running at that time uh, was specialized in um, distributing documentaries. So I basically worked with dozens of filmmakers all over the world and made deals with Netflix or CCTV in China or Deutsche Telekom in Germany or like these Discovery Channel. Like I, I basically... Um, was the middleman between content makers, with documentary makers, and then the, the big platforms. And then after working with filmmakers for a couple of years, I'm like, I think I should, you know, I, I think I can do this. Um, and then Bitcoin was just the perfect topic. That's very cool. So how, in your opinion, does this documentary that you are putting out now differ from the first one that you did? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so the first one was low budget. Uh, my first try, um, lots of um, stock footage. Um, and it was more like a, it was, yeah, like a, like an MBA paper on what is money uh, and like 40 minutes of the history of money and why it doesn't really work how we think it works. Um, but the new film is a proper production. I mean, Screen Australia, which is a, a film um, a commission, the government film commission in Australia supported it. Uh, the largest TV channel in Germany supported it. Um, Kickstarter fans, again, I mean, this the budget is eight times higher. It's a proper wow. documentary. We have, um, I mean, you saw it, you know, 3D graphics, helicopter shots. Uh, uh, we produced it on four continents. So it's a, it's a whole different. But I think uh, what is even more interesting uh, to talk about is how things have changed between 2014-15 and today, right? And the industry sure. has grown hundredfold. Back then, there was basically just Bitcoin. Now there's these million other things. Um, so, I mean, that, that is part of the story of Cryptopia film. So what was your, um, you know, obviously the, the film kind of takes a journey through, it, it's interesting, it takes kind of a three-act uh, look at crypto and Bitcoin. And so, you know, what was your kind of learning journey while you were shooting this? Because obviously, talking to all these different people, um, you know, you must have had a, a, a you know, journey of, of your own doing it. So kind of how did you evolve as it as you shot this? Yeah, I began shooting it, um, or maybe it was almost like the the catalyst for for making this new one during the civil war, like uh, the the Bitcoin Bitcoin Cash um, debate. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, so much r- drama, you know, both both parties, you know, you know have kind of in, uh, different philosophical um, schools of thoughts, right? Is it digital cash? Is it digital gold? And there's a lot of drama. And I, I had footage. I had access to all these people. Great interviews, but. I think as time moved on, that's almost like, you know, not so relevant anymore. It's like it's it's a battle that's kind of done and dusted. And um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe I mean, I spent, I think, seven minutes in the film talking about it. But I think towards the end, it becomes clear that this is maybe not the most interesting uh, uh, topic in the space. I, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about that, Chamber? Uh, I really enjoyed um, the, yeah, the like you said, the Civil War. Uh, portion of it but it is of a time uh, mm-hmm. but it it still did not stop me from really enjoying uh, some of the characters in it uh, there was one in particular um, there I believe I believe it was a was it a German bartender uh, it was oh, another, yeah the bar owner or what? <laughs> and and he kept calling it bcash and I, I I kind of made a note I'm like it's very funny and, and for the record like we, we're a funny podcast this movie has some very funny parts in it, and I don't know if all of them are, um, you know, intentional. But man, there was a couple of times I was laughing. There's a, there's some great quotes from you that are very funny. Um, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, the the, the German bartender I thought was very very good. I liked the the, the shade he was throwing towards uh, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, but it was the the other part that I was noticing while watching that interview was thank you very much to Netflix for putting out some German content because I could kind of understand without uh, reading the subtitles. I've been watching the uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this on Netflix the uh, the miniseries Dark. 
Dara. Uh, yeah, was, uh, that that was, would have been my first guess. Yes, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> because I watch it with subtitles, a lot of times it's just playing in the background. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of absorbing the uh, the German language. Uh, so it was kind of, it was thank you to Dark for allowing me to catch a little <laughs> bit more of what the, uh, the bartender was saying. But I thought the bartender was very, very, very good. And I did like the back and forth uh, between him and some of the uh, the Bitcoin people. So yeah. when you were shooting this, uh, when you were shooting this part about kind of the, you know, small block, large block, uh, what what side did you fall on? Did you find yourself kind of wavering back and forth by different points people were making? What at the time, what side did you fall on of that? Um, well, I I have to try my very best, right, to to remain neutral as a story, right, and kind of let everyone, um, you know, put forward their you know, line of argument. Uh, and I think I, I have a few characters that strongly voice what it's all about. It's so difficult, you know, after you have hundreds of hours of footage just to, you know, pull those little seven second quotes and 22 second quotes in and just to make it all work. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, and I, and I think I think that becomes clear at the end of the film. Look, um, you know, everybody has different priorities. Everybody has different projects and, and, and good luck to them. I think as a as a as a protocol to back, or certainly as an investment, uh, Bitcoin stands uh, far apart from the others um, in terms of valuation, in terms of you know le- level of decentralization. So that is kind of like where I end the film. But I, I think that doesn't. You, you need to tell the whole story. You need you need to show the ICO scams. You need to show uh, mm-hmm. you know everything else what's going on, um, and maybe question some of the private blockchain projects to to then understand. Well, Bitcoin is a little bit different, right? Yeah, I totally agree, and I. I think that's what I personally liked about the film was I felt like it was very honest, right? Like it wasn't this, uh, it wasn't this, yeah, you know, 100% pro Bitcoin, pro crypto thing. I felt like I, did you feel the same way chamber? Absolutely. Um, it was definitely, I, I would say as as far from biased as as you can get like it was it was here is the information here's what's happened over the past you know few years uh like you said you know you touched on ICOs you touched on uh you know you touched on podcasts like you know you you had you had conversations with podcasters you had conversations with people that were very influential in the space a few years ago uh people that are influential influential in the space you know a little closer to today so there was definitely a good breadth of of information um, that wasn't, in my opinion, that wasn't very biased at all. And, so it was it was very good. Yeah, and, and can I maybe add one more thought to that? So because n- no one, so my first film was actually licensed to twenty different countries. So um, that film was on Singapore Airlines. It was on the main channel in Sweden and in a, on a main channel in the Philippines. It was on VOD channels in China. So it, it has a global reach. But nobody is licensing a film if it's a fanboy film and it's just a promotion of one project or one person or one uh, coin or one investment, right? So it, you need to have that journalistic uh, kind of approach. And and I think I'm I'm you know trying to position myself in the film as someone. Who who asked tough question, right? So to the maximalist, but also to Craig Wright, right? I mean, we are mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um, taking, you know, taking apart uh, things and asking questions, but still leave you up to, th- you know, make up your own mind. And, and again, at the end, say, okay, Bitcoin is different and Bitcoin is special. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So uh, speaking, I actually really liked um, the portion of the film where we kind of, you kind of went into the power struggle right where it's uh you know bitcoin and crypto in theory is supposed to be this big decentralized money for the people and then there was a struggle with okay when those people get power they end up doing the same things that they were trying to fight hard against and i think you you put some good examples in there of of that and i thought that was a really uh powerful you know kind of point in the film for me personally where it's like okay what why why do i really believe in bitcoin why am i really here is is that what i'm doing like you know what i mean like uh so i thought that was really interesting um what was that like for you to kind of tell that part of the story yeah um i I mean it's funny because what you're describing now is like how you as the as as a watcher 
experience mm-hmm. the film. And when you watch it again, you might see it slightly different, right? But I've, I've now watched it a hundred times, right? And I've watched it in 10 different cinemas in, in different countries as well and, and get the audience reaction. So I think, you know, my, my, um, <laughs> Uh, my emotionally attachment, emotional attachment to everything is like so different. Like the sure. things that I now notice in every shot is like totally different. So maybe it's less of, of interest what the director thinks. Maybe it's more interesting what you guys think, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, what did you think, Chamber? I mean, what what were your what were your thoughts about that? I, like that struck me a little bit during that part. Uh, I I agree. Um, I agree. I, I was. Um... I was really taken the the portion of the of the film that I really enjoyed, um, and I don't know it, it looked very serious. But when you were interviewing, and I forget his name, uh, the gentleman from South America that owns a Zappo, yeah, Wences Casares. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and when you took the tour of the uh, the the mountain vault, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean that seemed how okay, maybe if you can describe what that was like for you because i believe in the film you say that you know or the, it is said that you know you're the only camera crew uh only documentary uh film crew that was allowed in there uh it looked very serious it was i believe it was called the uh swiss was it the swiss uh fort knox something like that i believe uh, the uh yeah. yeah the the vault was called um how yeah how intense was that what was your, what was kind of what was the kind of start to finish um for you when uh, when you were experiencing that portion of it yeah, no, th- thanks for mentioning that. That is indeed one of the highlights and one of the most popular um, uh, sequence of the film, both for OGs, right, who have seen everything and, you know, they, they kind of want to do really want to see Samson again and, you know, all these people. But, but mm-hmm. when they see this, it's like, okay, I've not seen that. But also for outsiders. So I've, I've screened the film with, with old, um, uh, you know, private bank people, like traditional conservative people. And they then, after seeing this, I'm like, oh, okay, this Bitcoin thing is kind of serious. Mm-hmm. So, so this, this uh, um, sequence super important for the film um so the story is this so we interview Wences, who is who is really a legend and um, if you read the book digital gold which i, I think um, nathaniel uh, popper's book which is uh, r- highly recommended reading about the early years of bitcoin um, and Wences is one of those iconic figures from the early days um and very influential in silicon valley as well and then he mentioned this thing about the vaults and the security and i'm like no no, no hold on can we actually visit there? And and um, it took quite a long time to get us cleared and all the pass uh, passports, security clearance. You know, because we have a crew, right? An audio guy and a camera guy and, and all this. Um, but um, then then the logistical effort of flying all the camera gear from Berlin to that place and super secret. I mean, yeah, it's a whole little uh, spy novel thing there. But the, the vault itself, so it's it's just super impressive because it used to be a um, military bunker which is now decommissioned, so it has all these new clear great doors and it's like you go into the mountain then you drive down an elevator deep deep uh, inside that mountain that's where the, those servers sit right and the zappo servers are actually not connected to the internet and that's where the private keys are held but not all of the your keys just a fifth of it because the other four fifths are on four different continents so it's like a super secure way how to store your your private keys um, uh, securely if you're into that right i mean i, I understand the whole discussion about about, oh, you should, you know, not your own keys, not your own coins. I understand that. But for most people, they do like a custodial service, and that is one of the, the, the more secure, again, I guess. Yeah, that's super interesting. Uh, Chamber, you have any of your uh, Bitcoin in, in any of those secret vaults? No, I mean, the vault I have is, you know, <laughs> in front of my computer. Um, <laughs> just as long as nobody comes into my office, I think my, my everything's secure on my Well, you're you're fine because you don't have any friends. That's so right. There's Bingo. nobody there to take your Bitcoin. Problem solved. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. It's so tricky, right? I mean, I, I asked the guy after he gives us the two, I'm like, yeah, look, this is all well and good, but but why do I need it here in Switzerland inside a mountain? Can't can't I just have it in my basement? And he's saying, of course you can, but your house can burn down, or somebody can steal it, right? Or right. Uh, you have a problem with your uh, spouse or with your family, or somebody breaks in. I mean, there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, it, it, also, I think it depends on. Uh, who you are if, if you're just uh, you know a person with a thousand dollars it's a different story than if you're uh, an investment fund with hundred million dollars you know that you store for third parties right 
sure if you're the Winklevoss twins, <laughs> right? Um, so, who was who was the most interesting person for you personally to to interview? Um, you know, whether that be their story or how they came off in the interviews. Um, who who did you you know who was the most interesting for you? So I'm, I'm tempted to say Wences Casares because he was very special and he's very uh, camera shy. Usually uh, you don't really see much um, interviews and, um, of him. Um, but since we already talked about him, um, let, let me maybe pick uh, someone else. I mean, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm torn between a, a couple figures, but um, who is who I personally really connected with is, is Laura Shin, who is kind of like the superstar in the podcasting world, right? And sure. She is, um, I use her in the film kind of like a neutral observer and I'm, I'm trying to be neutral as well. And she's just so well connected and, and, and well spoken. So I, I really enjoyed um, spending some time with her um, in San Francisco back then. But look, I mean, all these people are super interesting. Yeah? Some of them, of course, of course, want to sell me their story or their vision mm-hmm. or their, their project. But um, I'm, I'm enjoying the process. I, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of cool with pretty much everyone. Chamber, what did you what did you think? What, what were your favorite interviews? Well, it's funny when uh, uh, when you were thinking of of which one that you enjoyed, you know, speaking with the most. I had Laura Shin uh, circled because uh, I honestly thought that any conversations with her really popped out uh, during the uh, during the film. Um, but there there was a few that I thought. So I, I wrote a list of people. So for people listening at home, uh, here's a kind of a short list of uh, some of the people that are in it. So we talked about Laura. Andreas Antonopoulos is in it, and I really thought he came off as a real Bitcoin maximalist in this film, uh, which was interesting. Uh, we had Samson, Charlie Lee, Roger Veer, uh, Vinnie Lingham, uh, which I thought uh, he was a he was an interesting interview. There's a little bit of Tone Vase in there as well, and then obviously Craig Wright. Um, I think. Uh, I think I have some, Char- um, some historic footage of Vitalik. So I interviewed Vitalik. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah you're right. Vitalik. Yeah, so a lot of these these other like Ethereum um, or Ethereum based uh, protocols and projects. Um, let, let me just. I'm sorry to. Uh, I know you haven't. No, no, before, absolutely. But, but but just quickly on Andreas, right? I mean, I'm, Andreas has been doing this for so long, and he's just so good. You could literally. Uh, you know, the, the the entire interview of, of two hours is just one punchline after the next. He's just so <laughs> good. It's so we, hard we, to just uh, choose between what, what he says. Um, absolutely. And then he's just so popular as well, right? Well, we, we've had him on the show, and it was... It, I felt he was less... Uh, when, when he was chatting with us, I, I, I feel he didn't... Uh, I don't know. It, 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 I, I don't know if it was uh, maybe at the time when you were talking to him. He, he was definitely seemed to be on the on the Bitcoin bandwagon a little harder uh, during your film than with us. Maybe we, maybe we were talking about it less. Um, but he, he obviously is a he, he's definitely a maximalist. One so of my, I, I, wait, I, oh, go this ahead. was funny. I uh, I was watching it with my wife, and she made she made some kind of comment about. Andreas, and I think it is kind of in that in that sense where it was like punchline after punchline, and she's like, "Oh, this guy is—he's you know—he seems like he's just—he's talked about this a million times. He's just reciting this stuff like he." And I'm like, "Yeah, he does." And I go, "We had him on our show, and we got him to rap." That's right. <laughs> That's right. He she's like, that. "What?" <laughs> we had Andreas rapping on our show. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow. No, but but I mean, to be fair to him, though, I mean, he um, also in the in the title of of his name, um, there's mastering Bitcoin. But then later in the film, as we go into the second act, uh, his other book is mastering Ethereum, and then he talks about smart contracts and, and right. things like that. So, I mean. Um, yeah, he, he's a Bitcoiner for sure, um, but he, like, for example, he he wouldn't even um, he wouldn't even um, criticize Bitcoin Cash too much. I think there's a quote. Maybe it's not. It didn't end up in the film because uh, we we, we um, reduced that chapter by so much. But he basically said, "Look, we just don't know." yet what this thing is going to be because you know if you're in venezuela um uh, you know maybe something like bitcoin cash or litecoin or monero is is actually what you need but if you are living in the us or in, in germany or in australia uh, digital gold is much more appealing to you right so and, and right. so maybe there's different protocols for different use cases um and um i i think that quote of his might have been lost in the editing room 
But uh, he was uh, he was absolutely a, a great interview. Um, the one that I really liked uh, in your film was, and, and I forget his name. It was one of the Ethereum developers, the one basic one that created the smart contract, uh, the ICO yeah. platform. Yeah. And and when you were kind of holding his feet to the fire a little bit in regards to, you know. Uh, the scam because you you do a great job of listing kind of the scam ICOs that have occurred you know through through the years and you, you know you hold his feet through the fire a little bit in regards to that and and I really thought that interaction was interesting. Yeah, and he, he's maybe the only person um, uh, you know who was not super happy because I mean you know it is my job to not misrepresent anyone and i certainly haven't misrepresented anything that he said but i I, you know his answer is like 45 seconds but i just you know i I just need 12 right i don't have endless space and it 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 appears a little bit out of context because obviously his answer is much longer but it was just it was a nice punchline where he says oh only two percent are scams and then the other lady says oh um, (laughs) so so it was just funny and he enjoyed and he was cool we had a beer after that um but you know things are always a little bit more complicated if you if you double click on them, right? And you, you know, you guys know you do long form content and you dig deep into an interview, right? And then you you see the complexity. So I think it's a, it's a little bit unfair to him uh, to just put him out as someone who you know made this tool that enabled scams because it also enabled a lot of good things, right? Mm-hmm. No, it was definitely an interesting portion of the film for sure. Uh, I, I really like that part. <laughs> I did like again. I'll, I'll go back to the watching it with my wife, who is not, uh, you know, she knows that I'm into it, but she doesn't really get it, you know. And so uh, we're watching that part, and it's about the scams, and uh, you you pop up like just a list of all you know the biggest scams in the last uh couple years with erc20s and all the the names of the coins and how much money and all that and she just stops and she goes wait did that one say ponzi coin (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like yeah it said she's like well isn't that obvious i'm like yeah i mean it is you would think so (laughs) yeah um so into that chamber connect two now or something like that bitcoin Mm -hmm. connect version two i mean it's just crazy right what people fall for bigger and scammier yeah exactly <laughs> uh chamber what were your thoughts you said you had a list of kind of your favorite quotes or some things that you found funny so i'll, I'll give that to you to kind of talk to torsen about so yeah there were absolutely um three or four times where i laughed out loud during it and again i don't know if they were intentional or just subtly done but um the first one was um you you were kind of uh, directing your attention to Roger Veer, or at least alluding to a further conversation with Roger Veer. And you, in the in the film, you you say the quote is, "I'm not done with you yet, pal." Um, <laughs> and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, and you come back to him, but uh, speaking specifically of ICOs, uh, there's a point where you ask someone to define, or the the quote exactly is, "Can you define for me what a shitcoin is?" And I thought that was very funny too. Um, and the, the definition is is pretty reasonable as well. So I, I really liked uh, some of those. Um, yeah, and and you know the the experience to sit in a cinema right full of um, I don't know two hundred people, and those moments are really. Um, different when you watch it in a larger community, right? Uh, there's the other, the joke that Wences um, um, tells about, um, you know, how you should just huddle and, and it, you know, don't look at your coins for 10 years. And, and, and you know, the, the, it's like a little joke, but you can't really retell it. And when you watch it alone, maybe it's not that funny. But in a group, um, there's a few of those moments. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, and th- there was another po- um you, you had mentioned you, you, you're obviously living in Germany currently, but you, you at one point lived in Australia, correct? Yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm based in Australia, but I'm stuck here because um, we did this this global cinema tour, um, mm-hmm. and I kind of got stuck after four or five events here in, in Europe, and I this see. is my hometown here, and I'm I'm fine, and everything, everything is good, so I'm staying at my mother's place, um, but yeah. Okay, um, I do have, uh, there's another, another, in my opinion, very funny portion of the film um, was the ending, and uh, during the ending... As the credits start rolling, there's this wonderful song that starts playing. And I have to imagine it was intentional, but one of the lines of the ending credits song was, I don't want to cause a ripple. (laughs) 
And was that intentionally chosen um, to, you know, to obviously throw, I don't know, uh, maybe throw a little shade towards uh, XRP and Ripple? Or is that, was that just a, a fluke? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, did, I, mean, so I, I admit I did, uh, I did write these lyrics. That's true. Let me just, um, just a second. Um, quote the, the entire thing. Oh, so this was intentional. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. It's nice amazing. pickup, Chamber. <laughs> Yeah, so the second, second verse of this is, this one plays chess at his desk, poses for the press. The price of his coin just tripled. I just stand to the ether and take a breather because I don't want to talk with it. So, yeah, that's like, you know, it just rhymes with triple. So you wrote, so you wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Um, it, it's a fun little thing. Um, we're still working on a little music video that hopefully maybe next week um, we can release because I think that's a that's a great fun little song. We did this with the first film as well, where like the end end song is kind of like a special uh, moment. Um, yeah, yeah, in the film. That uh, chamber, great catch. I mean, that's like a hidden gem. <laughs> I, I I was just yep. I just happened to be. I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm like. I, it was so, and you know what? I think I, had, I think I may have heard Ether as well as I was kind of, um, you know, signing out. And I'm like, oh, and then, and then I think that's when I, I caught the ripple portion. I'm like, I don't want to cause a ripple. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. So but, that's uh, and, and another thing about the the end credits, though. Uh, I mean, that it's literally two minutes of names popping up, and and what I really maybe want to get across here as a content maker, and and I'm sure you know you have a team behind you as well that do you know graphics and, and, and engineering or, or whatnot or sure thing um but like a filmmaking a process so this, this was shot on four continents with different crews uh, over two years um there's tons of animators and graphic artists and um i mean you have to look at all, all the names there it's just incredible and then even when we hit the ground let's say in san francisco right on the ground then there's people who let us into the office to shoot a little bit here or that help us out with the location and, and things like that so um yeah yeah, it, it's it's it looks like oh, Torsten is on an ego trip, and because I'm the character and I'm the director, right? But but still, this is a team effort, and also, of course, the Kickstarter supporters, right? There were two hundred plus um, people who supported right. this early wow. two years ago, and um, yeah, that's something I, I did. That's want to very tackle. cool. So um, you know, going a little bit beyond the actual content of the film, what is the plan for you know actual distribution of it? So um, you know now. I, Obviously, unfortunately, your um, your cinematour has been put on hold because of, uh, you know, the current pandemic. So what is kind of the distribution and launch project for the film and things like that? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. So we indeed, uh, the original plan was to do these events. And I mean, Melbourne and Berlin were good examples of these. So um, 200, 300 people uh, sold out cinema. Uh, we had... I think in Berlin, like 19 different corporate sponsors or like sponsors that, that helped us put that event together. The entire community came together. There was a little bit of debate, you know, that bar owner was there, but also the blockchain ga- guy who had a fight right. with him, you know, was there. So, so it was like a fun little get together and it's different from a regular meetup, right? It's it's so different to go uh, to, a, to a cinema. Um, but since that's not happening and since everybody is bored at home at the moment, I decided to launch the film online. So it's available now at uh, cryptopiafilm.com for, uh, in US terms, I think five fifty dollars or something like that um and um yeah look i need to monetize this i mean this was a huge hugely expensive thing to put together i haven't been paid for two years it's been uh, very very hard and um after the the video on demand i think again it will go to television channels um pretty much you know all over the world so we already have a german uh, tv slot end of the year and what the tv um channels do is so as you can imagine tvs uh, so tv watching is usually by people who who are a lot older so right so they are not so much into the technology so what they need is like a 52 shortened version they need it dumped down a little and not so complicated not so fast so it will be a different film but that's again that's how you reach millions and millions of people all over the world by being a little bit flexible that's very interesting i I didn't ever even occur to me that that would that that happens so that's pretty interesting so yeah i mean we definitely would uh recommend people go watch it so where I, I I think I might have missed it. Where can they actually find it today after they hear this? 
cryptopiafilm.com and it's a super easy um, you know one click kind of order i do get a little bit of heat rightfully so because it's not available for crypto <laughs> your lightning uh, network and that's a fair criticism and, and i get it and uh, people you know um shit post at me on twitter but uh, that's actually um a reason behind it so um this film is one of a uh, very select uh, short list of films that are qualified for the academy awards and that is actually um uh, that works with uh, special film festivals that are kind of like our feeder um, it's, it's like a feeding system into the Academy Awards. And uh, that particular festival that we are now an official selection uh, with is in New Zealand. So I, at the moment, cannot sell that film in New Zealand until that festival mm. happens. Okay, And um, so, obviously, with crypto, there's, you can't really geofence, right? You can't, like, uh, restrict a country. That's sure. the point of crypto. But I, I don't want to lose that status. It's a very big deal for a filmmaker. So I do apologize. Um, yeah, credit cards and, and PayPal only. And I know we want to get rid of these things, but... It is interesting it is. yeah so uh they, i mean we hope that you get win the academy award for this right <laughs> i mean honestly i i mean we'll, we'll put out a little request uh if you do happen to win the uh the academy award and win an oscar maybe a, a three to five minute dedication to us would be you know appropriate <laughs> i'm not sure just uh, a short three to five minutes <laughs> Maybe I can wrap <laughs> on the stage as well for you guys. <laughs> I, I do have a question for you. Well, you just... can already write lyrics. We know that. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> I, I do have a question, though. Just from a, a director's point of view, uh, you have the vast majority of the world's population right now kind of stuck at home um, watching all sorts of Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and all these different streaming services. What is it like now? I, I, you'd mentioned with your film, obviously you can get it um, from your website. We'll make sure we have a link uh, to that in the in the show notes. Um, but what is it like, um, maybe elaborate a little bit on the process of maybe getting it to a Netflix or an Amazon Prime? Like, what are the, what are the pitfalls? What are the... You know, what are some of the maybe negative aspects of having it having it on on a, a streaming service like that? It, or is it just positives? I, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, the positive side is obviously, I mean, hundreds of millions of people are using these services. So that's good. The downside is and those platforms uh, are middlemen and um, we kind of want to get rid of middlemen. We want to um, hopefully support the filmmakers directly and, and not, um, you know, give a donation to Apple or Facebook or Amazon because they take 50 percent of, of the cut. Right. Um, but having said that, though, I think um, we will launch on Amazon and iTunes and these platforms relatively soon. Um, at the moment, it's it's my website only. And um, a, a small side note on Amazon Prime. So the Amazon Prime um, payout. So if you watch a film, um, a docu independent documentary mm -hmm. on Amazon Prime, the content owner gets about one or two US cents. Wow. Um, so it's virtually wow, nothing, right? And I just told you, like on my website, I'm, I'm selling it for right. five dollars. Huge difference at the moment, and that's a huge difference. Um, but. Um, in a way, you know, we, we content makers also can't w live completely without them. I, I'm sure your podcast is kind of distributed through other services as well. But I, I, I think you you keep your revenues, your your Patreon, if you have them, or your ads yourself. So that's a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that reminds me. I, I feel like say, we do make music about one, industry. I was gonna say we do make about a penny a show. I would say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but that's for different reasons. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's not because we're sharing it with anybody. That's that's a hundred percent of the profit. <laughs> that's our going rate is a penny a show. Uh, but no, that, that sounds a lot like, you know, the uh, music industry as well. It reminds me of like when, uh, I don't know, years and years ago, maybe 10 years ago or something, I remember Radiohead decided, hey, we're not going to put an album out through our label. We're going to just put it out for our website through our website and sell it, you know, cheaper. And they did tons and tons of oh, yeah. revenue that way. But Well, that, I, I yeah. also feel like, I, I mean, just speaking for myself, uh, I've... For the content that I'm looking for, um, I have I've been finding that I have no problem going directly to the source um, to get the you know the documentary. Like there's a documentary filmmaker that I like um, that that's been doing it the same way. You know he's it's a little bit more on the uh, su not supernatural, but a little bit more of the. Um, He's essentially investigating disappearances in the national, um, 
the national parks of North America. Um, and yeah, he, he decided to make his film and they're extremely well produced. Um, but he sells it directly from his site and I've purchased two of his films. I just purchased, uh, what did I just purchase? Oh, the, uh, the, uh, for different reasons, Louis CK, uh, oh, I, I, I guess yeah. didn't get, a, didn't get a streaming platform. Uh, but you know, I wanted to see his new standup special and I bought it directly from, you know, from his website. And, you know, again, quality was fantastic. Uh, you know, the comedy was good as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think, I think a lot of people now, if they're, if they're looking for particular content absolutely have no problem going direct uh to the you know direct to the manufacturer if you will and and maybe what will happen is similar to the music industry and that, that was actually a very good comment because now um those guys make money not by selling music but by touring mm-hmm. right and maybe in half, half a year's time when i come over stateside um you know my film will be free on youtube by that time i don't i don't know but but we can do a local event with your community and and get people together and uh, you know have have like a few sponsors on board and and sell some tickets and, and coin, on, coin right? hq viewing point. party I like it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> so, where, where are you actually based? I fo- totally forgot to ask you. Uh, so, actually, so Chambers actually in Canada, and I am in the Northeast around New York. Uh, I'm about an hour from New York City. So, uh, funny, Chamber and I have actually never met in real life. So we just it's same same thing. We met on Twitter through crypto and hit it off and started a podcast. So we, uh, you know when you make the point that crypto is global and bring and can bring people together like that's how we came together pretty much so uh we've actually never met in real life yeah he's literally my only friend we've Uh, been doing this show for (laughs) just about two years now and we've never met (laughs) wow very cool story though that's so great about the internet right i mean we we always shout about the internet all the downsides and everything but it also does connect us for sure uh, absolutely chamber you, uh any other questions here i have one last question we'll, we'll have a little fun in a minute but i i have one last question um and you may or not have an answer for this uh again just a port a part of the movie or scene of the movie that I absolutely just laughed out loud and it may have been unintentional and I think this was unintentional but maybe you can elaborate a little bit or maybe it was a a scene that was cut a little short so I'm missing some of it I forget exactly what you're talking about but it's a shot where you're looking directly into the camera and you're discussing something and about three quarters of the way through the discussion you bring this massive soup bowl I think it's a soup bowl in front of you and you're about to start eating and and there's no <laughs> there was no discussion of the bowl and he just kind of shot it, it was cut and then you're in another scene i just i, I couldn't stop thinking about the size of the bowl <laughs> what was in the bowl uh, i don't bunch i don't know if you caught this but it I was i did not i didn't catch it <laughs> it was fantastic this is, this and is i couldn't so funny. I'm like i laughed out loud so do, do you know the scene that i'm talking about or am i just Yes, a hundred percent. And actually, somebody in Berlin noticed it, and and literally, so they asked me exactly the same question. And literally, hundred fifty people in the room turned to him and was like, "What the fuck is that question?" <laughs> and, and, and I had to think about it. So, but so I answered it before. So, so the thing is, so. A lot of the film production is very deliberate, like, like even like books in the background right. or like, you know, it's a small, it's just a very thought. But this one wasn't. This one was just, we're shooting in the boardroom. Uh, it's getting late. People are getting tired. And I'm, I'm delivering this line, um, uh, you know, 10 times, mm-hmm. let's say, right? And then the, the, the DOP, so the, the camera guy is like, um, you know, do something more interesting with your hands. And then there was just this bowl of, of nuts and... and you have the spoon and put the nuts in your hands and then eat, right? And so, but the way the timing worked, you don't know what this You'd is. It really looks like I'm eating a soup, but then, of course... It looks like a cauldron of soup. That's really funny that you you and one other guy in Berlin Amazing. <laughs> thought that that was uh, funny enough. <laughs> I wrote it down. I'm like, what was in the bowl? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so I think we've got, you know, a really good grasp of what the film is and the direction and everything like that and how to fight it. So we, we wanted to we wanted to have a little fun with you here at the end before we wrap up. And, you know, being a director, obviously this is a documentary, but if it wasn't, we want to know who you would cast as some of these characters. So we'll go through a couple that were in the film and see who you would cast it, like uh, as actors if they were actually playing in a non-documentary. So, Chamber, you want to start us off? Um, 
Yeah, I do. Um, I'll start off. Um, I'm going to start off with Andreas. Uh, if you had to, if you had to, kind of celebrity cast your, your you know, the dramatization of this film, uh, who who would be playing Andreas? Wow. Um, I think I'm going to struggle with with answering all of these because first of all I'm not so familiar with the the, you know the the acting acting world and also it's like so tough right do you go for someone who looks alike or do you go for someone who you think is you know that smart and dedicated Ah, it's so hard Um, I would say Andreas would insist that he plays himself Who would play? Who who would you? Which which goes back to which goes back to a line in the film, right? With the big big brains and big egos, right? A lot of these people have super sure. egos, and they absolutely want to be the Hollywood. Uh, sure, I I think of I mean Roger Veer sticks out to me that with that and Craig Wright obviously uh, when Craig Wright's just pulling out his patents, uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but who? So Chamber, who would you put put as uh, Andreas? That is a good question. He's got a he's got a definite look to him. Um, I mean, are you are we opposed to just casting Nicolas Cage for every single character in this? Oh, Ni- Nicolas yeah. Cage could play could <laughs> play him. Bad, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So how bad. about how about Craig Wright Chamber? What do you think? Well, I think we asked this question. I forget who. I don't know if it was Craig. We had uh, Craig Wright's sister on the show, um, mm-hmm. and I believe she gave a good answer to this one. I think it was her because she's they're they're working on on a fictionalized version of his story yes right. we and we we made her commit to putting us in it so right. we're still waiting for the call now. <laughs> still waiting <laughs> but i believe she said charlie sheen i think it was oh, her that said it that would be a good one and it is a good i could oh. see it i could see charlie sheen as as craig wright um every time i yeah. see him now i yeah, think about yeah, yeah, him yeah yeah and, and by the way, we should, I mean, otherwise your audience will be uh, either confused or upset for uh, why do you, uh, you know, put Craig Wright in that show. But I mean, first of all, he's an Absolutely. character and he's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say, in a, he, yeah, he's a mover in the industry in some way. But I did not really go into the whole Satoshi story. That is a complete different film. It could uh, be a whole it, different. You know, I, I let other people. Yeah, I, I let other people, you know, say what they think about it, and I, I do state the fact, you know, that that what happened with the BBC and, and da, da, da. But I, I, so the reason why I did want to have him on is the patent mm-hmm. thing because no one else in the whole industry um, has that play. He's his play. I think the the line in the script is, um, I finally understand. Um, Craig's play is uh, is a patent play. Some even say yeah, he's a patent, right? Troll, and then he pulls out these hundreds of patents and, sh- and sh- shows them to me. So I think that is. At least interesting, right? I, I thought it was interesting. I thought I thought it was interesting yeah. where he's talking about how he almost has more patents than Thomas Edison. Yep. Is that what he says? Yep. Yes. He was like ten away. <laughs> I'm like, holy yeah. cow! <laughs> guys, no fooling around. Yeah. Uh, well, I love the fact um, that he references uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer tries to become uh, yes. Thomas Edison. And I'm like, I remember that specifically. Um, so the fact that he kind of used the, uh, I'm, 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 a you huge now Simpsons like fan. Craig Wright, a little bit more. I yeah. like them. I mean, at least now we could sit down, discuss the, you know, uh, discuss the, the nuances of uh, different Simpsons episodes. So, I mean, that's something. Uh, All right. So hold on. We got, I, I, we can answer. I bet Torsten can answer this one. At least who would play you? Oh wow! Um, so first of all, I I would be a terrible actor, so I, I would definitely not be um, one of those big egos who want to play themselves. Um, you know, we, I would have to go back at one of those um, good journalist movies um, that, that came out recently. So the the one with the Boston Globe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. journalist kind of types in there. Um, Oh, was that was that oh, spot? That was uh, that spotlight. Yes, that was yeah, a great that was film. A fantastic yeah. movie, right? And 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 the 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 journalist in there, they like always um, kind of um, portrayed as like so 
emotionless or like so matter of factish, mm-hmm. right? Like like okay, I need to find this out. I, I'm on this journey. I need to bring this to light, and that's kind of <laughs> I guess what I tr- I'm trying right. to do. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I achieve it, but that that will be my awesome. Uh, who do you you got an answer, Chamber? I mean, I like um, you know. Uh, Torson's, uh, you know, playing down the fact. This is a handsome gentleman we're talking about here. I, I yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I like. Uh, I believe his name is. I'm, I'm trying to go with more of a European actor. Um, I don't believe he's German, um, but uh, Matt. I think his name's Mads Mikkelsen. Michelson. Uh, he he played. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, he played Hannibal yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in the in the television series. He's a he's a great European actor, uh, but a handsome gentleman. So I feel we're we got to do a little justice uh, here for uh, for. Our friend Torsten. Yeah, I'm more of a uh, Ricky Gervais kind of <laughs> kind of gentleman over here. <laughs> it's okay. I'm Jack. Bla- I'm Jack Black. If he let himself go. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> if he let himself. Yeah, go. exactly. And if he was also maybe a foot and a half taller. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a foot and a half taller too. That would help. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well i think that's uh that's a good place to stop but i definitely wanted to thank you very much for coming on and you know sharing the experience with us before we go um just want to give you the floor again to kind of just say any last pieces about the film that we might have missed maybe what you want people to kind of go into it thinking about or taking away from it and then just mention you know again where they can find it and when Sure. So um, the the name of the film is Cryptopia, Bitcoin, Blockchains, and the Future of the Internet. And those are the three acts. Um, and maybe we were jumping in a little bit too fast into the details. But but this is really, we, we, we cover the entire industry and all these different philosophical uh, th- uh, school of thoughts and, and, and uh, tribes almost. So I think um, anyone listening to this show, even if you're a newbie or if you're an, an OG from very long time ago, you're going to get something out of it. And it's, gonna, it's fun and it's entertaining. And I mean, my vision for it is to reach millions and millions of people. Um, some of them have no idea what a blockchain is right so we need to start start easy we need to give them a little bit of entertainment and some some uh, little um, uh, case studies that are um, people okay can understand easily um, and um, yeah if you're up for supporting independent filmmakers you can get the film at cryptopiafilm.com and um, thank you so much um, uh, to uh, invite me to the show absolutely uh, chamber we should we should get our listeners uh, out there and do a little book club we have them watch the movie maybe we'll throw out some kind of giveaway for uh anybody who watches the movie and chats about it with us in our telegram what do you think i agree i think that's uh we want we want more deep uh some deep cuts as far as uh, things that you've noticed. Uh, I'm very satisfied with myself that I've found a couple of uh, nuggets. And you did. I, you found the the song, the soup bowl. Yeah. The, I, I think the soup impressive. bowl or yeah. the nut bowl part of me um, was uh, was the highlight of my day today. That literally one other person in Berlin uh, noticed that as well. Really, really makes my day. So, uh, so maybe we'll find some more of those things and we can reach out to you and uh, you can elaborate on some of those. Yes, I'm very active on Twitter uh, at Crypt- Cryptopia Film. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty responsive. Any questions? Perfect. Uh, well, cool. I will uh, I will definitely reach out then. <laughs> so we've got so we will actually put this out today. So it's Friday now. So you'll be hearing this in a couple hours, and uh, hopefully you can watch yourself Cryptopia over the weekend, and we can uh, discuss it in the Telegram next week. Chamber, any other parting words for you? No, no. Uh, the the link uh, for um, for the film will be in the notes we'll make sure uh you can uh, we'll have the twitter link as well so you can reach out to torson uh but yeah we'll uh everything you need is going to be in there so check it out check out the film it was it was it was really really good it was it was funny it was entertaining it was educational cool awesome so again torson thank you so much for joining us and we appreciate it we look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon and uh that's gonna do it for us today so until next time don't get wrecked and that is financial advice hey everybody thanks for listening you can help support us by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and become a wrecked patron by signing up for a monthly tier on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com forward slash wrecked podcast. Don't get wrecked.